0: been away for far too long and I wanted to bring back the podcast to have conversations but I can't do deep dives like I was doing and I don't want to do them without Daniel because that is the show that people kind of expect I went back and forth on if I should do this kind of show but ultimately I decided with Dio's blessing to have conversations with artists and people in and around comics who I really respect and uh, have wanted to talk to for a while but didn't want to do like three hour deep dives into random comics from like 1983 so Uh, It probably won't be as long for the sake of getting it out more regularly until Dio comes back, which hopefully won't be super long, but I'll be doing this podcast solo with guests just to talk about craft and comics and whatever the fuck, you know, the conversation leads. Um, So that being said, joining me today is the artist of East and West and more recently Ghost Cage. In comics, I really only have a handful of real friends that are my ride or die guys, and I'm grateful to include Nick Dragata as one of them. He's a guy who lived an hour away from me in good traffic and three hours away in bad traffic until he moved out east. Back in the day, I would go visit him as often as I could and hang out in his studio drawing until we'd both get so caught up in conversation that neither of us would get any work done. In fact, when I met him, I didn't even drive or own a car, and I partially got a license and a car just to go hang out with him and our friend Justin in the Bay Area. I was so inexperienced as a driver that the first time uh, dealing with Bay Area traffic, I got into a fucking car accident. When the car in front of me slammed on the brakes I've shared countless hotel rooms with him Slept at his house, met his family He took me out to get chicken parm for the first time When I told him I never had it He's been so gracious to me over the years With his time and wisdom And I can honestly say I wouldn't be the person Much less the artist that I am today If I hadn't got to know him around a decade or so ago So it means a lot uh, to do this show with him uh, The first one back So Nick, welcome to the show
1: wow thanks for man it's really yeah
0: you like that little thing i wrote up it sounded natural (laughs) it's all true it's it's 100 true you remember when we got that parm
1: yeah totally yeah (laughs) well you you had never been to an italian restaurant right and then
0: uh... not like that wasn't strings or something you know like or olive garden and then even when i would go i remember i told you i was like even when i go i didn't know what to order because it all looked the same yeah. And I was and- like, dude, this, fu- like, this fucking place sucks. Just take me <laughs> – like, there's no hamburgers <laughs> on the menu. This is, like, bullshit.
1: Yeah, you can't go wrong with chicken parm, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, that. that now I've had it a few times, you know. <laughs> In my personal, like, I'll make it at home. Like, Trader Joe's, they'll have chicken parm. I just microwave up one of them. It's delicious.
1: Nice,
0: nice, nice. So how have you been, man, now that you moved to Connecticut?
1: Well, I mean, it's uh, – part of moving from the Bay Area was we were ready to – the dream was always to own a home you know and as i'm i'm approaching 50 i'm 48 now so moving back east uh during the pandemic you know twofold got us closer to family that we hadn't seen in years and uh we were able to afford a really nice house with two acres and a pool you know so
0: it's a sick house. I haven't been. I was, I'm not invited, but it's a, <laughs> they said remote could go to the place that we rented, but not the new place.
1: Stop. You know you're welcome here anytime.
0: No, you know I just don't like leaving my house anymore.
1: Exactly. Nah, dude, it's great. I mean, the schools are fantastic. It's a lot less crowded than the Bay Area. Um, I mean, where you lived
0: was specifically super crowded.
1: Yeah, it was just really congested, and it was getting really... Like, when your rents are encroaching on mortgage payments, it's time to probably move. Um, yeah. And, you know, our place wasn't that big, but it was rad. You know, I that backyard studio where we'd hang. Um, so, it was... I miss it. I miss you guys, you know, hanging out with all, all the Bay Area friends and stuff, but... Yeah, you, you just saw Justin, right? Yeah, Justin came out for New York Comic Con. So, you know, we'll probably... See each other just as much just on the con scenes once that start pit, starts picking up again, you know.
0: That's the thing is like I was real sad but I was like, Oh man, like Justin's gonna go I mean, Nick's gonna go live with family, you know, like out out there. It was like he's gonna it's gonna be nice, he's gonna have a farm or something. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not not quite that it's
1: rural though, dude. It's definitely not in enough. the woods. We got bears walking through our yard. I mean that happened once. Tons of deer every day, bobcats. Well oh, you and have then, the
0: whole you have the whole dragata or whatever you have, you have the Instagram account just for the animals. It's sick. Yeah. Yeah. Drago zoo. But uh, I wasn't sure if I was like, I don't see, see, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if I could talk about that. You know what I mean? That's fine. I I mean, my wife, I don't know if it's a private account. I don't know if that's like a, don't give away my
1: fucking Uh, personal business. That's fine. My wife does it. Um, But, uh, you know, and we're also like an hour and change outside of New York
0: city. So it's,
1: yeah, it's best of both worlds. I can get my culture in the city. Kids like it; they love it. Yeah, less they love competitive it. soccer scene. Way less competitive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there must be gods over there. <laughs> uh
1: nah they've gotten kind of lazy, man. They're getting older, oh, so they're like getting into video games and stuff. But they, yeah, they're still playing soccer, and they're, you know, they're... my
0: nephews are are way into soccer. I don't go to any of games though. Yeah, you you should. It's fun. <laughs> I, I know. Hey, listen, my whole family tells me I should. I'm still not going to those fucking games.
1: It's cool to watch the kids because you you can see like they're so inspired by the World Cup, and mm. then they want to get out in the yard and go play more. That's um, cool. Yeah, so
0: it's it's
1: yeah, it's been good. Everything's great. How you been?
0: I've been good. My my book is coming out next week, which I just found out. Oh, wow. um, Really? (laughs) Yeah. So, like, they told me, like, the semi, the release schedule, but, like, you know how I am. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, and then I forget about it completely. Uh, The things that I remember are, like, the bullshit that people get up to, you know, but I don't remember, like, things that, like, when is my comic coming out? Well, that's exciting, (laughs) uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is cool. Like, a a shop hit me up, uh, like, one of the bad idea retailers hit me up. To ask if I would do a signing, and I was like, "Uh, yeah." <laughs> it's like it's close enough. Yeah, sure. Why not? And yeah. it's a guy who I I met, you know, out in Stockton. He comes up to me and he would be like every year asking for me to do a signing, and I'm like, "Dude, I don't have anything out," or like, you know, uh, I don't really leave Stockton, you know, that much right now. So I figure it'll be nice. It'll be like I'll just be out there for the day. But uh, yeah, they're all terrible. My book with Matt Kent, which I don't think I even talked about because we took a break before it got announced. Yeah. But what? it's gonna be coming out, and the, then it's like bi-monthly. So, like you know, oh nice! It's gonna be it's gonna be cool. It's like they're they're like, I mean you've seen it. I'm putting like everything into
1: yeah, dude. It this. looks amazing. I mean it looks incredible. So, <sighs> thanks, dude. The world needs more Vielobos. So let's
0: <laughs> go. Um, yeah. So the first time I went to your house, there was a handful of people hanging out in your old studio, and I remember you gave us like a sermon on the mound about independent comics. This is like a bad a bad uh, transition from talking about my not independent comic, but (laughs) I feel like you've always had a big picture approach. So when you uh, would do something like how tunes or creators on creators, it's always like an eye towards the future and creating like new avenues for people to have space in the medium of comics. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always got a sense that that was rooted in like a deep love for the medium more than like, you know, something like I just want to make some money on how tunes or, you know, like that's a market that people aren't in. Like, I always felt like it was, like, in- instinctively, like, building something in your wake. You know what I mean? hmm yeah. uh, that said, like, where do you think comics is going to be in five years? Because ever since I've been in comics, I feel like there's been this promised shift of, like, a new marketplace or, like, the death of comics. And I don't see that happening mainly because the business is still so reliant on, like, shops and customers and monthlies and, you know, variants and all that kind of, like, archaic old shit. That like there you know it seems like how is it how is it going to die if we're still doing this you know what i mean
1: yeah i don't think it's going anywhere i mean and, you know people always have that the sky is falling argument yeah. you know all the time but just in i see it in my own kids they read a lot of like the young readers comics so a lot of the larger book publishers the stuff they put out that they're getting through scholastic and yeah. then i think if they get the comic bug they're going to seek it out and go find stuff that matches maybe, you know, as they grow into young adults, find stuff for themes that they like. Um, dude. I, I mean, honestly, comics have never been better. Um, and we're seeing that they're profitable. And then, um, yeah, I, I think we just got to keep making them, you know? So, right. uh, and then,
0: I mean, that's the thing is like, people get really like doom and gloom about it. But if like, you just keep making it, If you keep making with the intention of making good comics, I feel like it's, it's hard to, like, fuck it up. You know what I mean? There are people who will make it with the intention of, like, making movies out of it or making, you know, IP, and that is usually, to me, less interesting than people who, like, just genuinely make good shit. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and I think, too, like, it's... The act of reading a comic is, like, a personal thing, so, you know, maybe we do become, like, a little more niche, but it's, it's such like a positive little experience, especially when you grab onto a book you really like, you know, and you can't put down. And I mean, how many, when we were younger as teenagers, we probably didn't have any aspirations to be artists, but that work hooked us so much that we were like, yo, we got to do this. And I think like part of it is making that work more accessible. Right. Because back in the day, you know, I could have $5 and walk away with five comics. I think, like, comics are getting pretty expensive. And, um I mean, I guess everything's expensive, right? Uh, but it's yeah, just... things
0: bite inflation.
1: Yeah, it just... Nah, it's, it, well, I'm just saying, like, in terms of, like, I see what my kids purchase and stuff. They don't want to buy comics. But they're not old For enough. Sure. They just like games. So we're kind yeah. of competing on a different playing field than we were younger. But I do think the act of reading a comic like is almost meditative compared to the stuff they ingest.
0: Well, the, the, uh, so like the escapism,
1: that, you know, like I, I oh, sure. still think that lends itself to it. And I don't, I don't think that's ever going to go away. The same reason we listen to music and shit. Now I don't think it's as accessible as music or as easy to grasp onto, but you know,
0: music's also harder to make money in than comics, which is crazy.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I, I just feel like too, like starting a career in comics, it's like never been, Easier, really, because you can just put out a better well, The standards have been, and... never been lower, frankly. But <laughs> well, I mean, true, but like more power. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, but remember, that's like I mean that that's that's a valid point, but also. We would have been right there at that table, too. You know what I'm saying? And then we maybe we get started a little earlier, and we're not meeting you, but other people. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) dude. We, I mean, okay, Okay. maybe not you, but I made shitty comics for years.
0: (laughs) My first, my, my. My second comic was a Marvel book, so I, it's, it looked like shit, but this, it was better than a lot of the shit that I see now. I'll just say that much.
1: Yeah, no, I don't – if you go back and look at my early work, it's, it's on par with someone that didn't know what they were doing, caught a break.
0: You know, there's something – I think that's, regardless of – I don't mean to shit on, on new people. I no, just, but I, I, I would say kidding, even but... if you're
1: new and your skill sets aren't up to par, there's still something about your work, why, you're, why you are why you caught someone's attention. You know what I'm saying? So whether or not – it's a, <clears> I guess it's up to whether or not they develop. Um, but, you know.
0: See, hold on a second. This is why I love you so much though because I remember when I first started doing cons and I would – like outside of Stockton, Northern California, when I would do it with you on one side and – Patera on the other side, and it was like a fucking angel and a devil on my shoulder. <laughs> it was like a tug of war for my soul, where it was like, are you gonna be positive and a good person, or are you gonna be like an evil piece of shit who we love? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but is fundamentally rotten to the core. <laughs> where
1: is he? I miss him. I mean, really we I don't. don't... I have no
0: fucking clue. I, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I don't. I don't. I'm not on 4 Chan enough to know where Nick's at. <laughs> But, like, I think, too, I've always –
1: well, I do it for my own sanity, too, Ramon, because if you're not positive and you don't have the long view of this, you'll go mad. I mean, at least the way I look at my own work. You know, like, I never fully love what I do, and I have to take that, like, dude, next page will be better. Like, you got to take that long view. Now, as I get older, I start to accept, like, this is what I do. How do I make this more interesting? So, like, maybe the work is now growing in a slightly different direction but still trending towards better, you know, in my well, opinion. I feel
0: like it's funny you say that because your work has, is always – like, it's always, like, next level. Like, you know, I'm not just saying this to, like – uh, blow smoke up your ass, but you, you're like my top seven, like favorite comic <laughs> artist. Period. It, I told you that, and it's like you think, oh, well, you're just saying that because like I'm friends with you. I'm actually like it takes a lot for me to overlook the fact that we're friends to put you there. Because <laughs> normally I would be like, nah, that's like a that's just me fucking you know well, kissing nah, your I mean, ass that, or whatever. But that means no, a lot but like for real though, like it's like it's sick. It's like it's innovative in ways that I don't think a lot of people's comic art is. And you're bringing new sort of, like, energy and ideas that most people are not. And it's clean. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's just so much I love about it. It's, like, so cinematic. Uh, yeah, I don't mean to just be, like, you know, fucking kissing your ass or whatever. But you I say that, and then you look at it, and you're still like, it sucks. Because I've been around when you've done stuff. <laughs> and I remember, like, we were hanging out one time, and you're just, like, this great hellboy for, like, some fucking thing. And you were like, you'd worked on it and then we're like, Oh, that's sick. You know, me and like your wife was there and she was like, Oh, that's great. You know? And you're like, I don't know. I'm not feeling it. I'm not into it. And you just like started it over. <laughs> it's like done.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's healthy either, you know, but no, it's not. at the same time I do attribute that to like my growth. Cause I just want to keep pushing myself. Right. Um, like, dude, I I just think this is a medium. Like, you can never learn enough. And don't get me wrong, there are there are talents that are above and beyond. Like, I I think a Dan, I I did basically every summer show with Daniel. It Warren ain't Johnson. clean
0: though. I I love Daniel, but it ain't clean though. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah,
1: but Ramon, he's on a level of like, and this is what I like. Really started to kind of get into now lately is like volume and form and. Like just a way of kind of organizing a drawing, and he just does it like it just seems he, well, like he just no thought, you know, like it just comes very naturally. And he's one of the best. I'm yeah, he's not, just, I'm he's just incredible. saying. That yeah.
0: I, if I'm if I'm nitpicking into my top seven, why he's why you're there and he's not? it's because you're just like <laughs> that's all I'm saying. That's and I've told Daniel, this and Daniel has told me why my art's not that great. <laughs> like. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, but I, I, I think too, I, I like, want to actually I, I want to talk to Dan on this thing because I feel like I could have some good conversations with him. But um, yeah, and
1: I, I like too. like, I mean, also, I like I'm always just kind of in competition with myself and not trying yeah, yeah. to judge myself against others. Um, but then I do love like seeing like what's out there and being pushed and uh, inspired by it, taking from it, you know, like just, you know. Pushing ourselves, you do the same thing, dude. I mean, Ramen, that's there's. It's no secret why you take your time on your work because you're <laughs> right. not gonna rush it, and you're gonna put out the stuff you're happy with. You know. I so. remember
0: there was a quietly interview a long time ago where some the, the it was like on sidebar or something. And they asked him, like they were they were like criti- critical of why All Star Superman was late. And he said, well, when I look at a comic, I don't think, oh, man, I, I hope this guy made this in a month. <laughs> <laughs> like, he looks at a comic, he wants to see something cool. And that's how I approach it. Like, there's never been a time where I've looked at a comic and was like, oh, man, I really hope this got done on the deadline that they gave to this person of like four or five weeks. I've never thought that. And I would rather make less, take more time than make more, take less time. And it doesn't doesn't feel like what I want to see. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's in, it's interesting because I feel like in some of my work, the more time I take, the more I kill it. So like some of my favorite stuff with East to West was literally when I'm like, this has to go to print in a week and I still have five pages, right? Or, and I'm like, you know, and I got to give Frank time to color it and Russ to letter it. So it's like, how can I do three today? And they would yeah. be like this really simplistic designy. And I would discover, like, action sequences just using speed lines and silhouettes and, like, blood splatters totally. that almost, like, the answer to get it done was the best solution. But Whoa. if I took my time, I might have done drawn that more establishing shots or, you know, detail, and it would have kind of killed it and wouldn't have lent itself to that, that rush that I needed within the work but also to get it done. So it's like – it's a, it's it's an interesting medium, right? Because like there's so many different solutions to it, and like finding yeah. out what works best for you as an artist is like half the battle, you know.
0: Well, yeah, I mean that's the thing is like I try to incorporate like that like that mentality of like okay, what are the shortcuts that I can take? What are like not not shortcuts? What are more efficient shots that I can take that won't make me. Do like a three quarter, like top down view of like an entire thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I don't want to draw that shit anyways. No. So like, what are the cinematic solutions to avoid drawing shit that I don't want to do? And so you know, I will look at like you and the other guys who like I think with that mentality. You know, like I, like, like you and Daniel are like two of the few guys who I feel like I will go out and buy new shit when it comes out, uh, because. It, it like does inspire me in that way, you know? Cool. Like, and yeah, I just want to, I'm covering my because I don't want to make it sound like I was hating on Dan. I love Dan. <laughs> of course. That, I mean, that, yeah. 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 This is, this is not clean. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, both of you are actually like two of the artists that really got me to look at manga with like a different eye when we would hang out, uh, and I thought, like you two, Heron, a couple other guys, were like really elevating comic arts from like where it was, or at least where I saw it at the time, like when I first met you guys in like twenty fourteen ish, like more like personally. Mm-hmm. Um, That's and a, I always
1: can I ask you a question? Did you have it, any like opposition to to manga? Like, was there a reason why you didn't pick it up earlier?
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Because when I was reading comics, I go to Barnes and Noble, right, mm-hmm. and to get to the books that i wanted to look at which was like batman green lantern and shit i'd have to fucking walk over just the scum of the earth manga readers that were sitting in the <laughs> aisles that just looked like dirty like they looked like they had slime on them they, they were gross people now they're not <laughs> were they were they younger
1: than you or were yeah
0: yeah they're like they're like teenagers and i'm in like com- community college you know uh, interesting
1: so you you I mean, didn't like, say like wow there might be something really good about this work
0: I thought they are scum, and to... what they're reading is trash, <laughs> and what I'm reading is high art. <laughs> yeah, no. It, well, <laughs> but, it's interesting. But at that time, whole. But at that time, all I was reading was the best of the best Western comics. You know. Yeah, And let, I didn't let know me, yeah, that so there that was, was the best quietly, of the best, like
1: what authority and. I'm, at that X-Men. time, it was
0: at that time all I was reading was Frank Miller, Grant Morrison comics with like the quietly stuff. Like mm-hmm. when I first got into comics, I you know you start reading the the foundational like touchstones of the thing right and same thing with manga like when I started when I finally got into manga like by talking to you guys it, all I was reading was like Atomo and like you know uh, what's his face uh,
1: Taniguchi you liked a lot
0: Well, yeah Taniguchi but that's like a more deep cut though you know what I mean yeah yeah but like uh, you know 20th Century Boys Pluto right like, uh, well
1: it's interesting because I think stuff. like um... I missed that kind of phase and then went back and kind of... Well, no, I I guess I was reading, like, the new X-Men stuff, but wasn't going to shops or, like, seeking it out. I just wasn't in the comics. And I don't think right. I was even, like, an established pro. Like, we're talking early 2000s. Um, and then it was it was kind of manga that got me back into, like, reading comics as a fan. So... But then I went back and, dis- like, rediscovered, like all that kind of early cool 2000 comics. So like authority and new X-Men yeah. and all that stuff. But again, it was because yeah. of Frank Quietly, like you're marveling at his storytelling and his skills, you know, like, so. Um...
0: Well, yeah, it's interesting with Quietly and like even like Tomo and guys, and especially uh, Hiro Tanaguchi was just like on like the surface level, it's really great drawing. But you took, like, a peek deeper, and it's, like, amazing storytelling. Yeah, totally. And And you don't recognize that when you're dumb. You only know that when you start to make the comics, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. He's, like, a genius. Yeah,
1: and Quietly is obviously influenced by, I would say, both of them, probably. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely Atono, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure he's seen Taniguchi, too.
0: Well, Taniguchi was part, like, he was, like, a European manga guy. Yeah. Like, he worked with, you know... He did some stuff with Mobius Mobius and stuff. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But, um... You know, the other thing, because it's twofold. It was, I didn't like the way that those people look, but also like, I didn't, and it goes back to something. <laughs> so that it's we nothing would, to
1: do with the comics because you never even cracked open comics. the books. It was well, just the readers. On. A little bit fans. to do
0: with the comics. What I was going to say was when we when we would talk about stuff, I remember we, we would have conversations about comics. And it goes back to something that we were talking about earlier, which is when, if I looked at a manga and I was reading it on the bus, I would feel like an asshole because outwardly what people see when they look at the manga you know they have their own perceptions of it right and i think comics have that same low perception depending on what comics you read but i you know i used to ride the bus everywhere like i said i didn't drive for a long time Mm -hmm. so when i would ride the bus a big threshold of like if i could read something on my way back to the bus is like are people going to think i'm like a fucking creep because it looks like i'm reading like a fucking children's comic you know yeah 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 I'm, i'm like you know i'm in my i'm in my 20s i don't want to look like a fucking pedophile on the bus so so like if, if there's a comic that had like a big m M&M and ad on the back i'm like yeah i'm not reading this you know what i mean but say i'm reading east of west on the bus ride back that's fine that looks great you know it looks like you're reading something classy and sophisticated it reminds me of a conversation between frank miller and will eisner in that book where they're talking about like that like when when Eisner specifically wanted to make more digest-sized comics. It was because he wanted people to be able to read something on the bus or on the train going home that looked more like a paperback mm. novel and not like a comic, because comics were for kids, novels are for adults. And I think that at some point, manga really did sort of get into like making classier-looking public like uh, productions of their comics, yeah. like for American audiences. But if you look at 2006, 2004, 2005, that shit all looked embarrassing.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I – It
0: was – you know what I'm saying? Like.
1: Yeah, I get it too because I remember I was teaching in Boston and I had a group. It was like at an artist community center and I was teaching a comic course to like high school kids. And none of them read what I was looking at. And they were all reading manga. And I said, well, let me – give me some of these books and I'm going to go check them out. And it was – I remember there was one – I want to say it was like female wrestling. And it was all – and this was a girl who recommended this book. And it was like crotch shots and even the covers were just cleave. And I'm like, I can't – I can't even buy this to look at it, let alone (laughs) – discuss this with her anymore you know so I, yeah um, speaking
0: of dwj i remember i went to his house one time and he was like you know showing me his books that he really liked and he had one that was like that and i'm like okay i'm gonna i know that that's not what you're about so i'm not gonna judge you. <laughs> yeah but that was when i was like going okay daniel what manga should i read you know what i'm saying yeah but... i asked you the same question and like there are stuff where it looks pervy and my eye of that stuff was like if you have that you're a perv but that was 2006 brain. You yeah. Know, but that's also older
1: Ramon. Cause then I, I could say too, we had the same stuff, but it was being produced by the image founders. I mean, like, yeah, you know, t- you look totally. at and
0: I didn't like that stuff either when I was younger.
1: Oh dude. I mean, <laughs> that 16 year old Nick, I was all over like X-Men and you know, all that stuff. And it definitely was like sexier for lack of a better word. And that's probably what partly drawn, drawn me to it. Just like, the high school kids in Boston were drawn to that, mound, you know? So,
0: Yeah. I mean like, you know, I, 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 when I started reading comics, I didn't read, I didn't read comics. Like I didn't go to comic shops. I went to the library, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, I only got what they had. And then once I started going to the comic shops, I only bought the stuff that the library didn't have that I was really interested in. So like green lantern, but like, I remember when like the Jim Lee, Frank Miller stuff came out, I had the chip kid design on the cover. I'm like, this is sick as fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, you know, so like it was, I think the design of comics, I've always had like a threshold like that. It has to meet if I'm going to like want to consume it. Wow. And
1: Interesting. You know, you put a lot more on the packaging and the perceptions exactly, of what even you look like as a reader. Uh... But
0: but that's, <laughs> But, you know, the, the comic can be good or whatever, but if, if I, I feel like that is one way that comics can survive beyond the current point because if it becomes something where you having that is an object that you can, like, th- that, that... I mean, like, buying anything is just about building up your identity, right? And having something cool like that makes... It, it makes for a more attractive product than, like, what happens with comics, and specifically, like, when I was doing more like the Marvel and DC stuff was they would always have like, you know, across the top, like a tie into the CW flash show. And then like another bar across the top. That was like a tie into like, you know, flashpoint X crisis. And then, you know, like it would have like these three bars and then another ad on the cover and then an ad on the back. And it would be like, it was not art that you're consuming at that point. It was content. And Uh one way that the companies are able to devalue, what we do is to make it not art, to make it content. Mm. So like we, I, we've talked about this before, but like when I do a comic cover, like, especially for my own stuff, if I have like, w- that's why I love bad idea. They were like, Ramon, what do you want to do for the cover? And I gave them four ideas for like the first cover and they're like, can we just do these all four for all of them? I'm like, Oh, fuck. Yeah. Have you, <laughs> you has know? anyone because... seen
1: those covers? Are they out? Like, in the... yeah, they're out. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, they're amazing. And I, I, I definitely see your point. Like, I feel like, when when people see those covers they probably will be like what is that they probably won't even it should, know it's a comic like they might they it should feel like an album cover yeah well it does and i think yeah. there will definitely be it, it's also will speak to a lot of like probably older people that had me on posters and are going to be like what the fuck <laughs> is that like is that a guy reading an album like you know what i'm saying like yeah so yeah you're going to spark awareness with just through design and yeah it's totally valid
0: but yeah and so you know and it's not to diminish what's on the inside of the books at all but one thing that comics has over music and over something that like you know younger people are going to buy is it is a physical object off like often you know not mm-hmm. always because people read digital comics and everything but often trades comic singles those are physical objects and if you can put value on those then you can sustain the reason why people want to buy those, you know what I mean. Whereas with music, I remember before Kanye went very anti-Semitic, <laughs> but when he when he was putting out uh, Yeezus, and he it was when right before he worked for Adidas and he wanted to like get into fashion. The reason why I remember he said it and it like stuck with me was he was he went to a radio station and he's like, if I came in here and I gave you guys all pairs of Yeezys, you'd lose your minds. Because, you know, they're rare. They're things that you can wear. They're tangible. If I gave you a CD with my album, even though I put the same thought, more time, more of, like, his creative energy into it, you're going to be like, okay, cool. And then that's it. You know? Yeah. They get albums all the time. Even if it's signed, you're just going to be like, great. And then that's it. But if you gave you something that you can, you know, wear out and, like, you know, have an object, that's going to mean more to you. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's interesting, though, because
1: I'm thinking about, like, all the different, say, versions of Dark Knight. I'm just using this as an example. Sure. And the most important version to me is probably the one I discovered in middle school when it was at my school, like, library book fair. And my friend bought it. And he wasn't in the comics. So I remember his name was Keith Jackson. Like he wrote his name on the inside cover of it. And I still <laughs> have it. It's like a first edition collection.
0: That's tight. And, um, I stole a comic from a buddy of mine too. It was a, it was a Todd McFarlane, Spider-Man issue with the hobgoblin. And it, it looks so fucking sick. And I remember thinking like, you don't even read comics. I'm taking this. Yeah. Like it, it was one <laughs> of those. I was like, Keith, let
1: me use that. And then I remember I would never gave it back. Cause I'm like, you don't yeah. appreciate this. So I'm keeping it. And, um,
0: but like Jeff, my, my boy thing Jeff is Woody, like who's Spider Man I still have you
1: know but I don't give a fuck about the hard I've never probably even looked at the hardcover I have of it you know like yeah. I just it so that I don't know there's more of just a It going back to just what's inside the book and making as interesting comics that probably speak more to the times or people can identify with I mean I think that's more of the challenge but like I get what you're saying with design it's, it's
0: twofold though that's what's so great about comics is that it when they, when they're physical and they're real that you have an object that you could that you should theoretically be able to read at starbucks or wherever yeah, the fuck yeah. you know and feel cool it, That in, in a, an ideal situation i mean the other thing is i used to go uh like you know downtown stockton with like listen to like hipster music at this like rundown garage called plea for peace right Mm -hmm. and i'd be working on stuff and i'd be reading comics when i was there hanging out with all these like musicians and stuff so i didn't want to be the lame guy who's like fucking reading you know uh i don't want to throw anybody under the bus but you know like a pinup type art cover on it like you know like oh look at there's that fucking classic comic book guy you know what i mean yeah 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 like I want to I want to be reading fucking optic nerve or I want to be reading <laughs> I want to be reading you know so that people think oh he's one of us he's cool you know I like I want to be reading ghost are world based on
1: like peer pressure <laughs> I never uh... Dude
0: it's you know you never thought about that No but I mean your I books feel like cool like comics uh, have
1: always been like such a, just a little personal space for me. Like I don't, I, I guess I've never read them in public. I'm, I mean, thinking about it. Now.
0: I read so much of them in public. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I used to read them walking from like one class to another in high school. So like, I don't want to be read something lame and the people are like, what is that? And I'm like, Oh, it's fucking.
1: Yeah. no, no. I mean, I guess like in my biggest, you know, I, I had like, we, I think we talked about this. Like I had the big Jim Lee shirt in high school, you know, people would be <laughs> like, what is that? You
0: know, like, I only had knot shirts in high school. <laughs> mud too i guess (laughs) speaking of speaking of like uh that era of like you know Mm -hmm. i remember we were doing a con and somebody asked you to do a captain america life commission where you had like the big chest or like the meme the stupid shit right yeah yeah and i remember you turned it down because you didn't want to you didn't want to get back to rob i remember you said like i don't want this to get back to rob and make him feel disrespected and i remember when that artist edition came out me and justin went to your place and we were looking at it And we were looking at the Marvel guys, and we were just like fucking blown away by how much energy was in those pages. Yeah. And from your perspective, student of the game, historian, you know, comics fucking expert, (laughs) when do you think that (laughs) faded away? When do you think that stopped? Because certainly by the early 2000s, that was dead. What? You mean in Rob's work? No, 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 no. In comics, like the energy of that 90s stuff. Because. I started reading that stuff recently. You know me, I went through my phase a few years ago. Probably, I don't like, know, I, mean, I guess I'm reading just Cyberforce. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking reading maybe
1: the advent of like inking not being a profession that's as valued in comics anymore. And that probably, that probably goes back to rates, right? I mean, well, you know,
0: it also goes back to people slopping out shit with a fucking brush or the dry brush and stuff.
1: Well, I think too, that <laughs> I'm I'm I think, no, I, I think it goes back to rates. Like we're like, it does go back to, if rates, we want to survive, sure. I got to ink this too. Um, yeah. And also controlling the work. Cause I mean, I've had people ink my stuff and it transforms it quite a bit, you know? So it like, it's, you're kind of like, well, this isn't really what I wanted to, what I want it to look like. Um, but back in the, I mean, you're, when we go look at those artist editions of like, I think we were talking about the Marvel covers one and it had like yeah. all the image guys before they we, went to image. We
0: were stuck on the life pages. I mean, they're rad. We were,
1: they're just so much they're sick. Yeah. But Rob was inking his own stuff. So I guess no one else was inking that I was thinking more like this. The Jim Lee, Scott Williams one is they're insane. Fucking nuts. I mean, Scott Williams yeah. for me is like the star of the book. Like it's, it's so it, it's, clean
0: and like I remember somebody had said something and I had like I tweeted about it because I was like don't like don't disrespect Scott Williams because they had said something oh it was fucking uh, Ed Piscor <laughs> <laughs> Ed Piscor was talking shit about Scott Williams' inking. There's no way. I mean his inks it, are I, like I'm you he did. I was like man. how fucking dare you? Like
1: he's creating like these abstract patterns and textures and little like shortcuts of rounding forms like it's just bizarre it's insane i don't even know what's going on in his head and then when you look at it it's so clean and beautiful and effective
0: and perfect
1: for jim lee like
0: i you know i've I've tried doing that kind of inking stuff obviously it's not as just in the same universe dude
1: i can't control a nib to this day like i cannot do it And they say that's the easier tool than the brush. Um, Well, I don't
0: use either. (laughs) I mean, I,
1: I use a brush, but now like, so one of my favorite quotes, I believe I heard this from Mark Chirillo, but I believe it was Alex Toth. Who said it to him said, always choose the tool you're most comfortable with. Like that's your tool, whatever you're most comfortable with. And for me, that's a pen, like that's a pen with a little flex in it, you know? So if I really press down it can go thicker. But go lighter it gets a little thinner
0: but then like mine is yeah go ahead you know i uh what's his face um i can't believe i'm this is the second time i'm forgetting his name <laughs> so embarrassing who did pluto naoki Urasawa. Urasawa, thank you Fuck. when he used one size nib and i remember watching a video of him inking and that's all he used for the whole thing and it looks sick yeah he still had line weight he's still you know you look at those books it doesn't feel like he's doing anything it, like it doesn't feel like a deadline or anything, no, you know. No,
1: he builds it up. He'll like go back. He builds
0: it up. Yeah. So because of that, I was like, because of that, and a mixture of quietly doesn't ink his own stuff. He does. He just uses a pencil. Mm-hmm. That's when I switched to just using a O two tip, and I use that for everything. Oh, cool. Unless I'm spotting a black, I use that one. When I put in a jet pens order, I just like, yeah, give me like seven of those, and I'll be good for like a month and a yeah, half. Yeah, and I know whatever, I know, you know why
1: you use it. Like it, it could be easier to say use a nib and get some kind of um organic look like kind of you know thick to thins like very subtly though but you use the two because you can control it like you have full control over it you know when you're going to put that point down it's going to land and get you from point a to point b like i'm that's why i use that's why i go more towards pens too um so but like the you know, but then I'll go back in with a brush and thicken stuff up, and and then that kind of gives it a like a little livelier look.
0: Um, What's fun though is when I do study those like '90s, like like specifically Scott Williams, who's a genius, right? Yeah. But even like Bat and uh, you know those dudes that were like inking Silvestri, When I look at that stuff, I'm just like trying to figure out how they did it, and then try to incorporate that what I do. So like I'll find myself doing little things. It's not it's not overt but i do little things that i picked up when i'm trying to just study those guys you know what i mean yeah and that you build up that foundation of like style Mm -hmm. and it's like you know like i pick up a little bit from manga european stuff 90s stuff you know the indie stuff and then that's who i am you know what i mean yeah totally we're just and it's the same with you where it's like when i remember when i visited your place it was like you had books from the fucking floor to the ceiling <laughs> like the entire room and it was insane and it's like god this guy's looked at everything he studied everything but that's the you know fuel I mean?
1: isn't it i mean because you gotta it be. you have you need it and it's also to me it solves a lot of problems like i like to go oh, how did Atomo handle this action scene and then i'll go look at like kirby and Or even like a Mobius. Like I remember like looking at Mobius and Quietly and being like, wow, all their stuff's kind of more pulled back. Like Frank Quietly especially, like he tends to pull back a little more. And almost like it's always set on a stage, you know, and characters are moving across it. And then he's got a lot of like double action. So like you have your main action, but there's something also going on in the background, which will then become the main action of the next part. So he's kind of like levels of stuff. Um, yeah. and I just like looking at that breaking. It's funny though. Sorry, go ahead. But like, you can take that, use it. And then it, it eventually works into your own work, you know? And like when, by the time it comes out of your own hand, it's yours. Um,
0: yeah, well actually like it's, it's a, that's a good, uh, I have another question here. Mm-hmm. Um, well not really a question, I just started writing it, but one of my favorite things about your art specifically is that there's like very strong storytelling and I think It's underrated broadly because a lot of comic fans don't really understand it when they see it. They just know if it's good. And I think, you know, people internalize it the same way. Like, the same thing we were talking about. Like, when you first start reading comics, you're like, okay, I like this, but I don't know why. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. When you start out something, is it internal or do you think about that stuff? Like, the things that you're talking about with, like, Quietly, do you think, okay, I want to try to do this and then, you know... No, I think
1: more, like, looking at stuff might be, like, how do you, like, how do you define certain things? Like, how did they draw it? So I can, like, yeah. kind of get a grasp of it. But the storytelling, I think, always comes down to just, which is, I'd argue, like, one of my weaker points is that sometimes it's almost, I feel like it can be, this is for me. Like, when I'm, if you want, if when I'm critiquing my work, I'll always start, like, simple like establish maybe pull in a little bit and then i want to break it down and maybe go and try and make it more interesting and i might push
0: it. I, I think it is like super cinematic though when i look at your stuff like it reminds me more of like you know sergio leone than like i don't know fucking a comic book artist yeah well <laughs> i guess I mean? too like, like
1: i think i'm i'm a very like i guess i'm maybe pragmatic like i don't want to confuse the reader first and right. foremost but then once I know I got the bones then it's like all right now how can I make this more interesting but maybe now do something designy and arbitrary that like might confuse the reader but I know I'm gonna bring them right back here and also it's like editing so much of it is editing like how much times you go back yeah. and read your shit and go I didn't need that panel I didn't need to draw that character I didn't need to draw that well, background. so that's you know
0: like that's something that's interesting to me about you is that you got like, however many years you were on east of west of different a different kind of comic book making than i have had in my entire career yeah where i get a script and I, I my job when i get the script is look at it and try to tell the story efficiently for me and for the reader but when i look at it i don't want them to be have to read the words i want them to be able to look at it and it's a silent comic on every well page. the
1: problem when you get a script from someone else so different, writer. Like a majority of the work you've done, you're problem solving someone else's problems. You know what I'm saying? Like, whereas with sure. East to West, I did. I think we did that for seven years, but I got to problem solve my own shit, and yeah, I get well, that's to why I think it makes it. you such
0: a unique storyteller because you got to make, you got to make those choices of like how many panels, how many close-ups, exactly. how many. You know what yeah. I mean? And
1: and then Ramon, I can play to my strengths. Like right. I could go. Or not even strengths. It's just what I want to fucking do, what I felt like drawing that day. I mean, there's no looking forward to doing
0: that someday. Yeah,
1: I mean, (laughs) it's no secret that book takes place mostly in a desert because I don't want to fucking draw backgrounds, you know. But like, it also goes back (laughs) to the emotion. Like Hickman, Hickman's a guy that just always encouraged be like Nick, do whatever you want, and I'd be like, I don't know if this is gonna work. He's like, "Uh, so what? Well, I'll figure it out in the script, you know, like always support and always just like dude get it done just but do what you want i don't care like so he he respected what artists do and that's tell the story and like my thing was like always hooking on the emotion and maybe sometimes i go too far with that like i you know a lot of my expressions are bug-eyed dudes with mouths gaping open (laughs) you know but like to me that's also comics like i like the melodrama. i like to push it but as i get older i'm like "Eh, maybe pull back on that a little bit and see what happens so that's, yeah. you know, it's all learning, but like, yeah, going back to working from scripts is is problem solving someone else's shit in their own head, you know, and like, yeah. you kind of got to divorce yourself from the script and just go, I do well, completely. what is point A to B? And let me just make sure <laughs> exactly. I get there.
0: When I get a script, I go, what is, what do I, I look at it for maybe uh, three minutes? I read it. I say, okay, great. How many panels? How many character? Like, you know, like. And I do a thumbnail and then after that I'm just trying to do that thumbnail as best as I can on a big thing and I lose a lot in it. You know, you know how that goes. Yeah. No, it's but, tough.
1: I think it's hard because like working from a full script also some rhythms it's with, fun, though. with writers. It is fun. But like it's a I think I find them almost like different jobs and I feel like working from a script is a little is. easier because you can kind of just divorce yourself from you could just go, Well, this is this is what I gotta do and then just right. do it. And sometimes it can be, like, designing around word balloons, making sure – you know, it can change your drawing in that
0: sense. I just – I tend to leave so much open space that I'm never worried about Yeah,
1: them. and that's that's something I found too. As I got older, I was just like, well, all right, the top quarter is for your words. Um, yeah. But, you know, like I know – when I was younger, I'd be like, this drawing's amazing. I got to design the page around this drawing. Like, I, I'd never drawn a better drawing, you know? And then you just go... It's funny. It doesn't work. Like, now when I'm older, it's like, no, tell the story, and you, you can't really work like that. Um,
0: See, yeah, when I first started, too, I, I tried to be like, okay, I'm looking at, you know, art that is, like, pushing... You know the boundaries of what it should of like what comics can do storytelling wise and I didn't understand it at all Mm -hmm. and very early on I thought okay I can't do this I'm not good enough for this Uh, I remember too I told my I showed my buddy Craig uh, he was going to the Kubert school I showed him a page of like a sample from like a Joker script or something like Batman with the Joker on it and uh, he asked me like have you ever read a comic before like do you know you not know how this works (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like what do you mean he's like well dude this can't cross over into this if this comes first and it's like he just broke it he like brutally broke it down but it was like so informative to me because after that i'm like okay i'm only working on a grid yeah because if if quietly if jaime hernandez if all these guys can work within like that construct then i can too i'm not better than them <laughs> you know what i mean and then once you know the rules you could break yeah them. and you're just taking you're just taking some tools off the table, and you're,
1: working, you're like, let me just master this first.
0: Or try it as bad as I can, you know? Yeah, but
1: that's, that's time. That's what's so beautiful about comics. Like The, the longer yeah. you do it, and as long as you're pushing yourself to grow, because we all know artists that like just settle in on what they do and don't really grow. Mm-hmm. But like the the more you you wanna you're conscious of these things and being like oh there's more to explore and more to do like the work I think the work will stay interesting you know so
0: so I was I was like dogmatic about that though especially like when I first met you and them for a long time it wasn't until I was going to do Wildcats that I looked at like that when I was so deep into that 90 shit mm-hmm. and I'm like none of these rules matter because look at that shit look how much energy they had. Look at, as long as you know the fundamentals of how the eye is going to move anyways, you can break every single one of those rules. Yeah. And then everyone like
1: was storytelling too, isn't it? It's really just about like you're, you're laying clues down and people right. are going to pick up on these prompts. So like you could do something super art, like in ghost cage, I started it with, um, like eyeballs and gore. And I really didn't even know, like me and Caleb didn't really know what that was going to represent, but I know I wanted to jar the reader and like unsettle them a bit and then get back in like get into the story and like start the world building but like like that's the fun part of it and then i can show them that shit later not even knowing what it's for but later then tying mm-hmm. it into my story and then they make their own connection with it you know what i'm saying like so it's just it's yeah it's fun yeah. it's fun to like I'm, i i'm really getting into the, like the more of just storytelling that doesn't make sense but then comes back and does um like
0: That's awesome uh, interesting. Yeah, I remember uh, I've been watching a lot of, like, 70s, like, exploitation movies and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So I watched uh, Boxcar Bertha for the first time. Have you ever seen that? No, no. Okay. It was a Martin Scorsese movie that he made for New World Pictures, like Roger Corman. So all those movies kind of have a similar format, which is like, well, not all of them, but a lot of them had a similar format, which is, like, woman gets, like, sexually assaulted, then gets revenge and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever. There's usually as much like tits and blood as you could fit into a movie. So like Scorsese was doing one of those, and it was low budget. It was about a girl who you know uh, falls into like this, uh, gets taken up. Uh, she's robbing trains, and she meets a union leader, is uh, David Carradine, and they go around like robbing trains and like taking money to give to the union and stuff. It's pretty. It's pretty sick. But so like. You're watching this movie and it's like there's some rote stuff like martin scorsese is like elevating it beyond the script yeah, by yeah. far then you get to the end and there's a shootout that is insane it's so good it may be better than the one in taxi driver which you know is like iconic for him and then there's like a scene where they're like crucifying a guy to a train and he just has these insane shots and they're like beautiful Oh, yeah, I remember, uh, like, he was talking to, like, Cassavetes or somebody, you know, some other director that he really liked. And the guy was like, this is great, man. Never do any of these fucking garbage movies again. <laughs> so he had they had offered him another movie called Arena, which was going to be about two slave girls who get, like, sexually abused, kidnapped by the Romans. And then it's, like, uh, Spartacus, but with two women instead of one man. Yeah. You know? And he was like, yeah, I think I'm going to do Mean Streets instead. <laughs> so like that that to me is like when i first met you when i first met you i remember i I was seeing you at a con and i had like a binder full of stuff that was not sequentials or whatever and you had just left marvel to do east of west it was at image expo you were about to do that and i remember the reason why is you told me that marvel told you like you needed you were like dude I need a pay raise like I've been here for a while I have kids coming I have a family and they told you Nick a job is the new pay raise
1: (laughs) yeah there was an there was an editor there that I was bugging to get more money per page and I I've been there too it hadn't (laughs) you know it recently went up but it hadn't gone up for like 10 years and um and I was now maybe I don't know I, I was maybe eight years i was there but i had worked my way up to do like work with hickman who was the one of their top guys and um i was following um the artist on fantastic four uh who was one of their top guys too so i was like let me get his rate you know i was just because i was doing yeah. the book he he was working on so i was like doing fill-ins and stuff and yeah the editor and but they were laying off a lot of people too like some um editors were getting laid off at that time and yeah this editor was just like nick kind of keeping your job here is the new raise and i was like god damn <laughs> but so you called hickman and you said
0: what, what was that image thing well you no he had
1: uh, <laughs> just done uh manhattan projects and oh, they right. sold i think they sold like 21 or twenty-two thousand copies and now our stuff at Marvel was selling sixty,
0: And that's with Patera's disgusting art. So that's.
1: <laughs> Our, the stuff at uh, Marvel was selling 60000 70000 So that's the, you know, we, let's bring this full circle going back to like when we would hang out at the studio. And I, you said I would get up on my uh, sermon and preach the in it. Sermon there.
0: on the mountain, bro. You know. you were It was a circle around you and you're just dogging Marvel <laughs> and DC. <laughs> But it was Which you would never work for again. I remember you said that. Never. Yeah, I am. <laughs> well I'm playing. This... I'm playing. You didn't say that. You didn't say that. And you didn't say that I shouldn't work for Well the
1: mentality either. is that you have to own your own work at some point. Like you have to Yeah. You
0: have to take a gamble on yourself and own it. Like and You said Ramon, they think that working at these other places is a stepping stone to get to them. It's the opposite. Working for them is a stepping stone to do the other shit. Which is true.
1: Well, it can, it can be either or, you know. It, I feel like working at Marvel and DC is a great way to like really hone it. And, like, and let's be – like being perfectly honest, like there's a handful of creators that do really well at those companies. Sure. But there's a handful. Sure. Mo- majority right. of us are really like really grinding. And I find it, it's a lot more work. When you have an editor and you're following like a full script or it can be like don't get me i guess it's easier now that i'm older and more in control of what i do but like yeah. earlier on you have more people telling you like fix this don't do that and like that's they're probably right because i was learning the craft but like killing yourself for really not a lot of money and i guess like you know i it make five to six grand a book right a month right. but that's no taxes. You know, I was at the time too, I, I was having my first child. So like no healthcare, but paying healthcare out of pocket, which most of the country doesn't get, you know, when people don't give a shit about healthcare, that's because they probably get it through their employer, but freelancers don't get that. Right. So we got to pay it. And that is a huge expense. I mean, back then I was paying $1,700 a month in healthcare for my family um it's crazy yeah so it's just like shit like like that's where the raise talks comes in like it's like marvel i can't really do this like i'm killing myself so um thankfully you know image got like that it would be that resurgence came and it just made me really appreciate like what those original creators did in gambling on themselves and then you know i guess i would you know a lot of an Im- owning an image book and and selling twenty thousand copies is really good money, you know. Like, yeah. Uh, so, but the the hard part is, you know, and this was a lot of the pushback when I would, whenever I like really cheerlead image is like, well, how do you live before your book comes out? Because you're exactly. you got to you got to create it, draw it, make it, and you're not going to get paid maybe six to eight months after. You you know you right. you're actually yeah. I mean well, it's tough it's. Yeah. It's, it's difficult, but I think back then, I remember I was working in the city for Saul who was an engineer and he ran a place called other lab. He still does. And like they hired me to do concept art for their engineering projects. So I was drawing Mm -hmm. like kind of schematic drawings or storyboards for them to sell ideas for like invent their inventions. And I was on salary and I was getting healthcare and like, but I was mostly drawing East to West. So like, you know, you, you got to double time it. So
0: yeah, there has to be that, that period, but yeah, Yeah, it's not easy. Like
1: either way. And it is easier probably just to stick around at Marvel and hope you're going to work your way up and eventually get the raise. And then also remember like, I know I was digital too. So I didn't have original art sales, which is a lot of the go-to argument in the other direction. Like I've heard writers or, You know, I think companies are like, well, you can sell your original art, and like that's kind of bullshit. You know, like, and then not now, a lot of artists don't have original art to sell. Um, So we really do live on the page rate when it's work for hire, and these rates can they they have not grown in probably forty years. Like,
0: that's why I'm so grateful to be doing the bad idea thing because you know I've been off the shelf for a long time, but when I went there, I remember I was like, yeah, they, you know, I didn't I didn't want to do the book, frankly. Like, and Warren who we love you and I both like we had dinner with him when you left and he's the best. He's one of my first editors um, at
1: Marvel. Like really helped me. He's the best. Yeah, he's awesome.
0: I, I still talk to him every once in a while, just about sports. Cause he's not a bad idea anymore, mm-hmm. but he's the man. And when I, when I was, I thought that you had sent him my way. <laughs> I was like, well, Nick and him are tight, so I'm sure the reason he's hitting me up is because Nick was like, you got to help my boy out or something. <laughs> like, no, I mean, I feel, these, like, I feel like if you ever came up, short... it was always
1: positive. No, like... I
0: know you did it. He told me, there. no, Nick didn't bring you up ever. And I'm like, oh, well, what the fuck, Nick? But... He never gave me credit. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, we, I did know him a little bit through you because he, he hung out with me at a con at my table because he was with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? But, but anyways, that's beside the point. When I went there, I was getting 250 at DC for, and that was what I had been promised to raise from Marvel. They pulled one of my books, you know, for the right reasons, but that means I'm not getting royalties, which was supposed to supplement it. My second book I got fired from, they had, had me do two other things, these little projects that were supposed to be great royalties you know, some people talk about royalties at DC. I'm like, yo, I would love to see that. I have never, <laughs> I've, no, I've, I've happened to be the unluckiest royalty person in that company's history. it gotta be, but, uh, yeah, but see, that's the thing with the, with royalties at a
1: Marvel and DC. It's really, it's good for the people that really put that time in and it builds up over time, you know? So like, right, I think my right. biggest royalties at DC are like the Batman black and white stuff like every now and then, but like, not like, oh, I can go Mine buy a too, car. And I only did a pinup. Yeah, it's like, a, you know, <laughs> it, it might be a few grand when that trade comes out. Or, you know, so it's like, it's nice. Yeah. But imagine, now think of the guys that have been there for 10 plus years doing right, the top right, books. Right. Oof, dude, there's...
0: Yeah, imagine Dan Slot's royalty checks. They're probably incredible. Yeah, or like I, I always think of like, I think... Like... And such a little man, mm-hmm. such a tiny person, <laughs> such a big royalty check. But like... With peace and love. We love Dan Slot, even though... What his his people did to my people, it's not cool. But <laughs> let's not get aside you from that. Yeah, let's
1: not get you started. Okay, <laughs> but I think um, there's, both. like, then that's where I, wanna... I think where I'm at in my own career now. Like, it's like, honestly, it, I feel really lucky to be in a place, and I think you are too. Like, you kind of can pick and choose your gig, and a little bit.
0: Yeah, but like you're Not also as as but you, you've but also now bit, but I haven't put in the time that you did either. But so. you've
1: also now established a rate, right? Like through bad idea. They stepped up and paid yeah, you a good big, rate. It's a
0: lot bigger. That was the thing is you told me to ask for six hundred. I'm like, there's literally no chance. And I got a lot more than two fifty. But I didn't get six hundred. Yeah, you go high and <laughs> yeah. hopefully you're gonna You meet, go high, yeah. You know. But when you told me six hundred, I'm like, There's no shot. You're like, you have to ask for that. All right. I'll tell I tell Warren Nick said six hundred, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I want to segue back uh, to something that you had mentioned about digital art, like the argument, because whenever I do my digital art sucks jokes, Mr. Old School Pro, you're always like, get do it, Ramon, just go at it. But you're always the asterisk like you, Sophie Campbell, like a handful of other people are the are the digital artists that I think are like killing it. But you guys don't do the things about digital art that I specifically hate which is extremely artificial backgrounds. Like, there's backgrounds. They look like absolute dog shit. They look completely fake. They look terrible. Bad patterns, which are all over the place. Well, probably because, like, Sophie
1: and I came up on paper first, and, like, I look at the program of, like, oh, that's a .2 pen and it really does translate the same to paper, you know? So like, right, 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 and I don't zoom in, I learn not to zoom in too much, but like, I, I treat it like I would if I was drawing on paper. Like I don't, every now and then I might use that crosshatch tool. Um, if I want to try and make an interesting pattern, but like, I, yeah, I see people that just overuse it or there's some ugly ass shit in, in, well, in the I, think a, so I think, I like... think a, people kind of tend to use it as a crutch really and like to compensate for drawing that um, they might not be ready to tackle like in tracing photos is what I'm thinking of But like that stuff looks stilted and I'm not into (laughs) those type of comics, but I mean, there are people who people love that do that shit. That's always been the case, man. You know, like (sighs) there's, there's comics throughout the history of it that are, Not drawn to our taste, but like other people. I remember
0: uh, somebody one time told me when I was on that, when I, you know, there's just jokes. I don't mean that shit. That's the thing. I think that the way that your process is like, like Nick said, like you said earlier when you were like, Oh, you know, you find the tool that works best for you. If that's digital, that's digital. And that's, that's totally uh, digital. I wish I could do
1: everything on paper, but I just don't, I don't have the time it's faster for me. It gives me editing capabilities that you don't get on paper, and I just—I think my work is better digital. Like when I'm on right. paper, there's just something I, I become an asshole. Like I'm just too tight. <laughs> I just get too tight with it, and I don't
0: like it. Like I'm thinking too much of like, don't fuck right. this up. Um, if I ever had a better computer, I think I would have. I've tried it at least. You know, I just like just imagine. I've always had shit computers. You know, I've always.
1: I don't know, like just to like remember we did that um, Daredevil piece together. I drew it and you inked it. It was awesome. Yeah, the dra- Drag Lobos. But like, I feel like too, like that's what digital kind of does. Like it would almost be like, well, like for you, you could be like, let me splash black all over this, and let me get graphic here and do this and that real quick, and then you could go, nah, I don't like it, and just go undo it. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it just allows See- you to make choices and, and other options that you can look at real quickly on the fly and then just back out. And also like penciling is removed from my process. It's thumbnail right to like finishes.
0: That's how I am though too, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah.
0: You see see my pencils, you see my finished stuff. They're not the same. Yeah. And
1: I guess too, you have kind of like trained yourself up to just work on paper and I'm kind of jealous of it because you have beautiful originals to sell and I don't. Um,
0: It's, it's a, it's an interesting thing, but, and you know, it's, it was interesting too. Cause when the NFT stuff happened, it was like finally a chance for or- originals in the NFT form. And you were a person who like, I don't, you didn't consider it really, but you were like, well, that's interesting. And then you're like, eh. Well, cause but I
1: was, it was interesting to me for a bit. Cause like through Felix, that's finally he got a, some right. offers of like, um,
0: give me a hard drive of Nick's stuff. yeah
1: it was people were like yeah they went back and were looking at like what were the all digital books and uh i think people were like right. saga and east to west and there was a few other ones and felix was like nick they're throwing numbers around for like your book as an nft and and then but it like to felix's credit dude he was like i don't know though like There's something really uncomfortable about this and what it's doing to the environment. Like, and he, that was the first time I had heard of that. I was like, oh.
0: He's really smart about that. He was really smart about that stuff when it first started. Yeah, and he, but. And he, I mean, he's always been really smart about everything. He is. (laughs) So it's not surprising. He is.
1: And like, I I think too, like he was the one that, and then it was just like, oh yeah, no brainer, dude. We're not like, why would we contribute to this? And it always felt like a scam, right? Like, it's like, well, I was like, well, will they give us real money, Felix? Because I don't want digital money. You know, and he's like, no, nah, no. Nah. And I'm like, Felix, this is bullshit. Like, it's, you know, and then the more, this yeah. was like way before everyone was having the argument. But no, not really. Cause I remember you, uh, we were was, talking it about was, it.
0: No, it was not. We didn't, we did two episodes before I think I even talked to you about it. Cause I sent you the episodes or something.
1: Yeah. I guess we were all educating uh, ourselves. Cause yeah, but don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, I was definitely like, holy shit. Like, are people really yeah. making this money? And there was one. There was one dc artist the really old dude he drew like wonder woman back <laughs> that in wonder day. woman guy yeah and i think like yeah. he was the only one tangibly like i heard of like cashing in um but everyone
0: there else was few, i mean there was a few guys so that be like and there are still people that do it like uh there's a whole um i think on like zestworld or one of these other sites there are people that will do commissions and then each commission comes with an nft and I'm just like, they can't believe this is still a thing. Like I, like to this day. Yeah. Which is crazy because the, the market has cratered for that. Yeah. Well, and also it's it's, it's a, been
1: shown to just be a straight grift. You know, like it. Yeah, it's literally pay into this, and we'll give you a little digital token that you will never be able to cash in. Like I mean, who? we seriously? Where are all? Where is all this real money? You know that it takes to buy things. <laughs> where is?
0: Well, you know where it's at it was that sam bank yeah, fried exactly. motherfucker it, who is out here spending it in the bahamas giving like hundreds of thousands to steph curry to get people to give people their money and shit i
1: mean it just goes to show like is it, then there's no regulation on this and like look at all the hollywood stars that are involved in it and the it's grift. crazy but i guarantee they got real money
0: you think todd made any money with the odd nfts the odd key I have no idea him and Steve Aoki <laughs> I have no idea but like isn't Todd a guy that's always trying to
1: follow the new trends or do whatever and make a buck and...
0: he was the funniest fucking guy because when they were doing it when people were doing nfts I could imagine in my head Todd uh, Steve Aoki going to him being like "Todd, we gotta do nfts man and Todd was like I don't do it unless I own it so he created his own like type of nft that was completely different. it wasn't on OpenSea or anything didn't i don't think it took off i don't know but it was like so funny because i could just imagine todd being like unless i own OpenSea, i'm not putting nfts anywhere i need to own the platform which is like that's why he's todd mcfarland uh, dude i
1: mean <laughs> like,
0: it doesn't always work but like at least he's got his eye out for like but number dude my one. thing is, todd,
1: is like it's todd is just the hustle man like the work the dude i remember um one year at san diego i it was like East to West was uh, nominated for all these Eisners, like four of them, I think best Artist, best book, best color, best new series. And we lost everyone. And, but I remember Robert said, Hey, come out to dinner tonight with us. And I was like, I don't know the Eisners are tonight. And he was like, dude, fuck them. Like, come with us. And then I was <laughs> like, yeah. And he was like, he's like Todd McFarlane will be there. Eric Larson. Um, and robert and i was like man i I gotta go to this dinner right and so i went to the dinner instead and thankfully it was awesome because we totally lost all the Eisners anyway um (laughs) but dude after dinner that todd was like hey we're gonna go up to our room and uh hang out you want to come and i was like fuck yeah so I'm, i'm thinking like dude we're just gonna go sit in their room and talk dude they all pull out their shit and Todd's drawing digitally, pulls out his, like, little Wacom Cintiq laptop, sitting back on the bed, and starts drawing. Larson pulls out his paper, starts drawing on boards. Robert starts, like, signing books. Dude, I'm sitting there, the youngest one in the room, with, like, nothing to do, like, being, like...
0: You, you just got your hand on your dick, bro. You're just looking like a fool while these old-school pros are out exact, here making money. Exactly, like, and it was just, like, I was like,
1: <laughs> God damn, these guys never stop. Like, they're drawing comics right now as we're just shooting the shit. Like, they just...
0: That's how I am, bro. Even though I'm slow as shit, you know what Oh, me. dude, I've
1: seen you fall asleep with the drawing board on your chest. <laughs> <laughs> that's no lie. <laughs> I mean, that's, like, you, you, that's, you know, and, like, there's a reason Todd McFarlane is where he's at, because that dude never stops working. Never stop, And he loves it. He loves it. You know, he loves to work, so... More we power to him.
0: I think to do the way he did it. Yeah, you know? He's made
1: some rad shit too. Like the quality is always the highest. And uh, but man, it's that he yeah. loves the hustle. Well, it used to be. Used to. Be. I'm thinking of his toys and stuff now. And
0: oh yeah. yeah. Um.
1: And I, I, dude, his comics back in the day, like they were awesome. They're they just visually and how unique his voice was and his style. Like his take on Spider-Man. It's it's fucking rad, right. man.
0: One thing. That I will credit you with, like, really, really heavily with me is, you know, like I said earlier, when I first met you, I was just like at Image Expo, and I had like a little folder full of like pinups that I did, basically, that were like, you know, superheroes and shit. And I showed it to you, and you were like very encouraging. You were very cool. I remember, I got I got a print, and I got like a little sketchbook from you back then. It was sick. I just remember like, whenever there was anything, you were like, you know, I'm like 24 Four, twenty-five, twenty-six, 25 26 something mm-hmm. like that and you're just like super supportive of like trying to get me going yeah you
1: know? i think did i tell you to draw pages or something or
0: um well you did but you know i knew that i just i remember i told you like, i just didn't bring any because like I, it's not representative of what i'm yeah. doing right now at the time i had not drawn like that much pages but you know whatever so when I got into a position where like I started doing small shows in, like Chico, Reno, even like when I went to Memphis, I would tell the shows like, "Look, I'll do that show, but uh, give me a double room and give my friend who's like a younger kid a table. Mm. That way, you know, th- they'll come up with me. They'll sleep in my room. Like I don't need a f- I don't need a room for myself. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I'll drive like a couple times. I like drove pick pick dudes up to like you know but that was just because it was like you know pay it forward you know try to try to help younger creators whenever you can because that's how the industry is going to grow and like you with the creator on creator stuff when you had started that and um you know just like your general mentality and your like support system and like the way you support people i think that like you know to me that's why i think it's so important that's like it's something that I don't think a lot of other creators keep in mind. You know what I mean? I don't know.
1: I mean, I guess I as you say that, well, and it's very nice of you to say that, but I feel like Ramon, like our circle is that, right? Like we've
0: but don't I'm, you like I'm very grateful that I've in this. Yeah, but circle, I feel though. like
1: that's just in a sense of like that's what we like about com comics, this community, right? right? Like we like hanging out, shooting the shit, busting balls, talking tons of shit. But like it's like it's also, we're there to help and support one another. And I feel like people did that for me. Like, it's just kind of like what we know. So like, I'm thinking of who did that for me. Um, And it was very early on in my career, I got like a review at SCAD and I was like, not good. I remember my best pages were, um, uh, I retold, what's the Hitchcock movie where the airplane flies overhead? uh, No, North by Northwest. And um, I retold that scene with the airplane, and then I had some superhero pages of the Fantastic Four, but like they were like comical, like they get in the Fantastic Four van and drive up to Galactus destroying New York. Like these, that was my sample batch, like basically what you had about your age, right? And I remember uh, Lee, who was working at DC at the time, took them to New York and showed them at DC. And an editor at DC was like, uh, tell this, he like, and I don't know if Lee's bullshitting me or this is true, but he said, Oh, Nick, this editor said you should think of comics as a hobby. And I was like, God damn. (laughs) And then, so anyway, but then we had, SCAD would have these portfolio days and I was graduated, but they fly pros in to look at students' work. And I was still around town and everyone knew me in the department. So they were like, yeah, Nick, come in, show your latest stuff. And I remember there was like a, um, I can't even remember her name, man, but she didn't last long. She like was at Crossgen as an anchor, but she gave me the most encouraging critique. Like she saw what I was trying to do, even though I didn't really pull it off. And she was just like, this is good, this is good, work on this. But it was like it was a constructive critique, right? of something I could use. and it wasn't this dismissive, mm-hmm. like, Big corporate, sitting on the throne, you know, roll a deck super deep. Like, I don't have time for this kid bullshit attitude. Yeah. And it just was, like, awesome. So, I just, that always sat, sat with me. Dude, at SCAD, I, I met Will Eisner. Like, he gave me positive yeah. shit. So, then when I would meet editors or other pros that were dismissive, I could just be like, fuck you, man. Will Eisner said I could draw backgrounds <laughs> for him and be an assistant. You know, like, and he did yeah. say that to me. So... There's like these
0: little yeah, things. Yeah, I mean, Tony Dezuniga told me I could ink him on like a Jonah Hex thing, and I was like, "No, I can't," <laughs> but I appreciate it. <laughs>
1: yeah, but like that's the thing. It's like you want you want to gravitate towards people that are are going to help you be the be- the best version of yourself, but also see the potential, right? So like, it's obvious. I don't yeah. care where your work was. I could definitely tell like who your influences were and where you were going with it. And it's like, yeah, dude, if you're going to be.
0: And you could see it when you see people's art, Mm -hmm. right? Like you could see people who are like, you know, I don't see this in them, but you know, you could be encouraging or you could see people who clearly have like a love of shit. It doesn't matter what the sample pages look like, you know what I mean?
1: Don't don't you think too, like this is a medium that it's such a steep hill to climb, like to where you get to the point where you're like, like where, like, let's say the ideal remote, you know? But, like, dude, you had to climb up, like, you had to climb over all your influences and get to a point where you could be professional. And then now, like, you're, dude, you're, like, this is the beautiful thing I love about you, Roman, is you're fucking young, man. Like, you got, you got years. (laughs) So who knows where you're going with your shit? (laughs) And that's what excites me. Like, that's where I'm, like. Yo, keep an eye on this guy because look what he's already doing yeah. now. And trust me, with, with what I know, he hasn't even begun to really discover himself yet. But like that's always been yeah. in your work. But now wait till you like really start to master it and went, are in full control of it. And
0: I still feel like I have a lot of room to grow, but I do think thinking about when I was 25, 26 or whatever, like thinking about how much I didn't know. And when I think about people who are like 25, 26, or whatever, and I see their work, I'm just like, oh man, like, yeah, you got time. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and that's the like, whole You always, should do this, this, yeah. and this, but you I got mean, going time. Going back to
1: what we said earlier, you know, like you take that, I always took the long view of it. Like, And I love that, right. you know, I love that Jack Kirby story of like he didn't start Marvel 60s until he was like in his 50s, he didn't create the Fantastic Four till he was like 50. Or forty nine. Yeah, but
0: that earlier shit was looked way tighter though. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, his stuff <laughs> stu- has always looked tight. I know.
1: Like, I've been getting into his romance and stuff. Like, it's just he's fucking sick. But yeah, I, I got. I'm curious though. Did you ever get a like a really detrimental critique or something that was like really rude or dismissive?
0: Uh, yeah. But you know what I I mentioned on the show before. What I used to do was when I would go, and this is even before I met you. Maybe like a year before I met you, I would have my my sample pages, uh, like 11 by 17, big, uh, kind of shitty, real real shitty. And I would go to a good artist that I really liked, and I would brace myself for the worst, knowing that I'm going to get it because I know that I'm not where I need to be, and I know I'm not that good, but I know I need to hear it. Then I would go to somebody who I didn't respect and I thought wasn't very good. Because <laughs> they're at the same fucking shows. And I would show it to them, and they'd, bl- they'd fucking blow me up tell me i'm great tell me i should be working right now you know maybe offer me a cover a variant cover or something and i "Eh, maybe but then then i go and i take my shit. the next one of like a good artist
2: yeah
0: (laughs) i was I, i i remember thinking in my head like this is kind of grimy but i'm definitely gonna like feel better about the day if i just go talk to some artist who i don't think much of and let them tell me I'm great.
1: Yeah. Well that I mean I think that's the beautiful thing about comics too. Like as you say that I'm just thinking, like, the entry level is kinda low. Like any especially it's... smaller shows. Like Let's Leave Out San Diego, and New York.
0: I did this at WonderCon back in the day when Wondercon was something though. This was Anybody who had two fifty could get a table. At that's Wondercom my point. The day.
1: Like I always say yeah. that to to kids coming up, like and that's part of that steep hill. Like yo, if you really want to do this, you can compete with the guys with the wall of posters that are just tracing yeah. every popular image and then repackaging it as an image. Like really? get a table, do a mini comic, do some
0: prints, and just say you're a pro. Like let's get going. Anybody who does like a mini comic or whatever at one of those shows I'm 10 times more likely to look at their art and flip through it and be interested in them Mm -hmm. than somebody who has like a bunch of prints. Yeah. And that's what, I mean, that's what
2: the
1: fans are there for like a a new reading experience, discovering something new. And like, that's the beauty of it. And I always challenge people. I'm like, how are you going to set yourself apart from what else is out there and say something interesting and be different, you know, like, um, it's, it, it's quite simple, you know, but it's, yeah. it's easier said than done though. And that's, uh, you know, but there's, that, there's that mad passion in us to just get this shit done and do it. And we were driven to do it. And I think, you know,
0: when you're young, you got to be a little bit obsessed with it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's what I, yeah. that's what I, I mean, I love that about you. You're still that way. Or you, you know,
1: well, you know, what slows me down now is just the family cause I'd be just as yeah, obsessed right. because 100%. that's the thing. I mean, i going back another great Alex toast, uh, quote is like comics are a cruel mistress like and that's really what they do they will take you away from everything family
0: any kind of event game like when you're locked in it it... when i was younger i didn't have any fucking video games Mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't watch movies or anything you know like i didn't do anything i didn't watch sports i didn't do anything i drew and i read comics and that was it
1: yeah me too Me too. I didn't
0: go out with friends in high school. I didn't drink. I didn't party. I was. I used to play bass guitar in high school. Mm -hmm. And when I graduated high school, I said, I can either be mediocre at drawing and bad at bass, or I can be pretty good at drawing and have no bass guitar. So I sold it. (laughs) (laughs) And And you chose uh, wisely too. Here I am still mediocre, but like, I'm still, I'm pretty good now, you know? (laughs) Before we go, though, because we're starting to run up against it, I want to talk about my absolute favorite memory of my years of comics. The best time ever was San Diego's coming up, the San Diego Comic-Con. They're going to announce Border Town, which, you know, ended in a calamity, but was very exciting at the time. Mm -hmm. And I had had the first issue done and I was running behind on the second issue, like, pretty badly. And I didn't want to go unless it was the second issue was done. And I'm like telling you, Nick, I don't think I'm going to go. Because you were there. You were going to go. Justin was going to go. Like, we were all going to go hang out like we normally do. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to drop out, man. I got to stay home and work. And you're just like, Ramon, how much do you have done? I'm like, dude, I don't have a lot done. (laughs) And you're like, bring it. Bring it to my house. Me, you, Justin, we'll hang out. We'll work for like a couple days. We'll see how much we can get done. So I go there and I have like maybe three pages done. I have the rest of it like roughly penciled out, but like not done. Yeah, I, told,
1: I remember I said, lay them all out on the floor. Let's look at where you Lay you're them gonna...
0: all out on the floor. Cause I was like, yeah, there's some done, there's some here. You're like, lay it on the floor, stop talking about it. I put it on the floor. You look at it you're like, you don't got shit done, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like, but between the three of us, let's see how much we can get done. And we worked for, I don't know, like half a day, maybe like a day and a half, like, Cumulatively, we like that day. We worked till the night. I think Justin went home in the morning, and then me and you got a little bit done the next morning, but I was done with the issue. Yeah. For the most part, I did a couple, I think, like two more things, and it was just like a, a fucking line. It was like a production line where. I think Justin was penciling backgrounds. You were inking backgrounds and I was inking figures. And we were just cranking out these fucking pages where like, I think the figures on one, give it to Justin, Justin would pencil background, give it to you. You'd ink it. And it would be like, like just throwing the page back and forth to get, so I could get this thing done so I could go hang out with you guys. in San Diego. <laughs> yeah. But like, I remember too, it's not, you,
1: you did have a lot done. You had all the thinking work done. All the storytelling right. was, I had it was all, all the... laid out.
0: Um, it wasn't like it was they, all laid out like, and there were shot choices that i could not accomplish that you guys made happen where i was like whoa holy shit that's cool yeah i think we made
1: a lot li- i might have laid in some perspective on a few panels and you were like oh and it like unlocked it for you but like dude you yeah. did the bulk of the work i mean i remember me and justin were basically just like filling in some backgrounds at a certain point
0: there was a couple pages where you did more than filling back. i'm like nick i'm never gonna draw a background that good don't draw a background that good. <laughs> But, dude, that, like,
1: I mean, I don't know. I that always love that crunch, though, even in my own That's work. the best. I love
0: it. And Have you ever read Adventures of Cavalier and Clay? Uh, I started it but never finished it. There's a scene where, like, they have to finish this, like, book before it goes to print or whatever, and it's just, like, the whole crew gets together, and they're all working on, like, the same pages, like, you know, inking over, like, candlelight and, like, you know, it's like <laughs> Brooklyn, like, in the 30s, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Michael Chabone, like, you know shout out escapist yeah dude comics. i hung out with yeah. him i
1: remember living in the bay area he was like a neighbor he was over in berkeley and um, yeah. we did like a teach comic course one day together it was awesome we we did a how yeah. to make a character and i would draw and he was like q a in the audience and we were just Sick. fucking it was like a two-hour like workshop it was so rad he's so smart and it was awesome
0: that's awesome so yeah that but that's what it reminded me of i always remember that that scene in that book Mm. and it's like it's like a fan it it felt like a fantasy like this would this is not this is not real life you know what i mean yeah but if that's then we fucking did it we just like the world grinded it out the pages look sick as fuck they couldn't the editor editor andy could not believe it when i showed up and the whole book was fucking done because like yeah, I had it all laid out, but again, my layouts are shit. Like they are. <laughs> yeah, but all it <laughs> was
1: all there. Like so, it, it was all there. The, the but... thi- and that's the thinking work. Like that's what takes me the longest on a page. Because and then the rest of it is kind of just the finishing, right? Like it's the right. robotic. Like we know what we have to do, but it's just like fuck, sure. this is gonna take forever. So you know, rather than two hands, yeah. you had six, and we went to town. I mean, but like that, we had a lot of fun too. Like I don't know, I love that crunch and then what comes out of it. You always sit back. Remember? I mean, cause it's rad to then lay them pages back out when it's all said and done. And we looked around and we we're I like, fuck be- yeah. Now let's go to San Diego.
0: <laughs> yeah. We went, well, first we went to go get Mexican food and I said I'd buy it. So we got burritos at that place in, in uh, Alameda. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, then we went to San Diego and hung out and it was cool as shit, but it was so fucking, it was so fucking cool to just be like, yeah, we, we laid it all out barely anything done like a couple pages and it was like oh and then
1: you know i remember we laid it all out and uh yeah i did i turned to you and i was like dude what the fuck
0: have you been doing <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was like yeah that that'll forever be like in you know my favorite memory of like working in comics because it was just like it was like you couldn't you, if I said like, yeah, in a day and a half we're gonna finish twenty two pages, you'd be like, there's no fucking chance. But so then we fucking did it.
1: But dude, you got you got the best guy. I mean, is there any? Be, to me, the best secret in comics, biggest Justin. grinder is Justin.
0: Justin's dude, how long has he been like, doing
1: two books a month? Like, it's insane. He is comic secret weapon, and I still think he's still like not appreciated enough in this biz. Like he no. is the. Re- no,
0: we want to work together on something, you know, yeah, he's amazing. He, and
1: I, that book is yeah. going to be awesome. Like I know about it. Yeah. Um,
0: but we, I mean, one of the things is like, I want to do it. Like I told East of West, cause I think he's one of the best storytellers, but he's always been in the limitations of script. Yeah. And like freeing him of that will be great. Yeah, Totally. And,
1: like, totally. And,
0: and he, i I'm, Justin
1: has that quality. Like he's got a Jansen quality to his inks. Like they're just lively. And like, bolds against thins and black like, he's just he's awesome he's probably
0: listening he he's the man but he's
1: going to you know he is
0: like, you know what i do i am looked up huh <laughs> <laughs>
1: I never thought about it that way as he pushes up his glasses. Yeah, I think
0: about it. and uh, That is me. <laughs> oh, that was the weekend, too, where he got glasses, I think, for the first time, maybe. Yeah, we couldn't get used He'd, to like, it. And we were he... just like ripping on how he kept doing like old man gestures. Like, you've had glasses for like a day. <laughs>
1: yeah, we were like, stop fucking with your glasses, dude.
0: You <laughs> <laughs> like play it up and look more old and shit.
1: Yeah, but I mean, dude, like, I I got a lot of memories, too, of, like, when I first met some of your crew, like, Ibrahim and Barber and in hotel rooms of just laughing, man. I mean, like. Dude. uh, Yeah,
0: those hotel room hangouts, like, those are the kind of things, like, it would be, I, the best podcast ever would be those, like, hotel room hangouts. Un, un, you could never put that out. (laughs) Way too much shit talking. Way too much, like, you know. And I do like a little bit of that on here, you know. Well, that's the thing I love about
1: you too, Ramon. You really don't have a filter. You always – you have no problem saying what you're thinking um, and that we need more of that in the industry. And I will say too, like I think a lot of people take you the wrong way. Like they don't know you. Um, Like you're a notorious ball buster. You will call out even your best of friends right to their faces. and
0: That's the thing that I think people think is like – weird about me is like, they think that I'm talking shit about people behind their back. I'm like, dude, if we were friends, I would say the same exact thing to your face.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's what I, I love it, you know? I mean, I feel like you... i I love when you would like look at my stuff and you'd crack a joke or be like oh you couldn't draw that you know and it would make me be like fuck him man and then i'd go and draw it (laughs) (laughs) but that we just keep each other honest you know so it's all it's always been good
0: that whole crew like yeah one of the episodes i want to do of this kind of thing is one with me ibrahim and justin i just think it would be funny you
1: gotta get barbara on there too because like He's another (laughs) underappreciated, but he's not really in comics as much anymore, but like his sense of humor too. He's so dry. He's the funniest dude. Yeah, yeah. he's hilarious. Um,
0: Yeah, but those those Felix days, the early days were insane.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they were fun. They were fun. I mean, that was such a great, it was so good for all of us in a sense too, because we're all coming up. I'm talking Daniel Warren Johnson, James Heron. Um, Mooney ham, Gary Brown, you know, like all of us just kind of coming up together, pushing one another. Um, yeah. You know, it was, and just lots of laughing, lots of, lots of fun. Yeah,
0: I got. I, I think I grew more like in that, in those couple years as an artist than like ever in my life, because how could you not, if you're looking at all those guys that you just said, you go to a con, you're looking at Daniel, you're looking at James Heron, you're looking at Nick Trigata, <laughs> you're looking at, you know, Oh yeah, totally. You're looking at everybody producing these and like the commission game went up like tenfold in that, you know, and I'm just like, let me try to do as best as I can. Actually, one of the other like really fun times is you remember the like we early on, we were like, let's do a, a Batman thing for Felix. So we were going to do the Dark Knight because he loves the Dark Knight. So we all lined him up and somebody was like, let's put some money in. Whoever has the best one, we'll just vote on whoever has the best one. And, uh. You know, the whoever wins will get the money. And I'm like, no, let's not do that. You know, let's, I'm into that shit, whatever. Like, I was like, no, 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 no. And then when it was done, you were like, Ramon, I would have voted for you. And I was like, Where's that money? We need to put money in on this. Because <laughs> I thought there's no fucking chance I would yeah. win that money. And then I heard like, Well, I would have voted for you. I'm like, Fuck.
1: You know what? I, I just you know what I think about that a crew. Shop, but I could. In just talking about like the early Felix crew, like it's so big now, but like back then, everyone was so different, and that was like a real testament to Felix. Yeah. Like he. You know, a lot of art groups, it's kind of a lot of the people draw the same or they're all within the same style or influences. But like, I don't know, we were all so radically different Um, and it was cool. And then, but we were all still teaching each other and pushing one another. And yeah, that was a rad time. That was a rad time.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it was really cool because you were like I said, like one of the first guys who really sort of put me on the right track i think there's there was different there was different ways that i could have i think developed and i'm so grateful that i had guys like you like justin specifically because you guys lived in the area that like really shaped me as like the kind of you know creator that i am but like person too so like you know thanks a bunch and uh i want to i don't want to keep you too much longer what is there anything you want to promote or anything uh
1: well uh, yeah superman i got superman 1050 coming out with josh mm-hmm. williamson where it's like a big oversized issue i did 14 pages in that and uh, ghost cage everyone should buy a copy of ghost cage for christmas that's a book i wrote i'm <laughs>
0: buying two bro i bought it in traditional and i'm gonna buy that trade because i don't like i don't like having the uh,
1: yeah the trade looks great uh book caleb and i did along with david brothers on edit so it was like a like that's kind of like my new thing is like man just work with people you love and enjoy yeah. it and um so like Ga- ghost cage is one of those books after east to west where like i felt really free to just do whatever um there's going to be some cool image news i think coming up next year uh and then i got a boom book with jason aaron that uh, my arc doesn't start until 2024 it'll hit shelves but i start drawing it uh this summer
0: so nice That's- yeah i saw it was it uh, Rico, that yeah, dude, Rico is doing
1: it? the the colors on it. So Rico Renzi is coloring it. I'm drawing penciling. And
0: big shout out to Frank Martin, by the way. We didn't mention Oh, him, dude, but, that's you know. my
1: right hand. Yeah, Frank Martin. So Frank is doing the Superman stuff with me. So
0: some of the best advice you ever gave me. you said, Ramon, when you find a colorist that you like working with that understands how you how you work, work with them as much as you can because they'll make you look like a star or whatever. So then I was like, okay, I need to find a good colorist that I like working with that you know. And so i found tamra yeah and it was like you know dude what I, mean? I mean i got so, punched
1: in the face recently work like so the spider-man thing i know that you saw there was like people were like oh my god i didn't want to bring that. it up yeah. but um no and this colorist is good he's a great colorist you know but like we just i don't think we meshed in terms of like following form you know like we're frank right like basically just uh kind of I lean to, we both lean towards the same drawing style. Like he understands my forms and things like that. And like, it just was, that was like, Oh man. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, if you don't mesh, it's like a, if someone else is inking your work and they transform it into something you didn't really foresee. So, but like, yeah. I, I don't know, as I get older too, I'm kind of hands off on that shit. Like, I'm just like, oh, you're a do what you want. I don't, care. you know, like I don't kind of don't care anymore, but I do know the value of like, I, I do have that feeling. Like if it's not Frank, i'm just going black and white um but even frank is <laughs> leaning Rico. into like he wants to Come explore more just straight linear work like line and not as much black but like i'm kind of going more black so um uh, but yeah frank martin jr it, east to west oh, would not be what it is without him especially like just getting the book done like i knew i could right drop out a background and say frank i need this cool cool looking sky with clouds and he would just paint the most beautiful sky and sunset And his color his sense of storytelling scene changes like subtle use of effects not overdoing it brilliant dude he's he's the best in my opinion he's the He's the best. Uh, he's awesome. I love oh, Frank.
0: Tamar's the best, but yeah.
1: Tamar's good too. <laughs> but yeah, you, you I mean, right. Yeah. Back to your I've just played. I've just played. A, a good colorist is, uh, you know, they complete us, right?
0: It's a thing I tell younger artists. I'm like, look, you can, you can either bitch to me about how you don't like a colorist for a long time, or you can go fucking find a colorist that you like working with and then work with them. There's... It's very rare when an editor, when you're about to work on something, will tell you, like, no, 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 no. You can't pick who you work with as a colorist. Because it just saves them the headache of trying to find somebody.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, like, only we – yeah, and only we really know. You know, like, uh, I mean, there's – it's just subtleties, right? Like, I don't – but, like, for me, it's a big difference. Like, um, so – it's a big deal yeah like I, I feel like maybe without Frank I don't know if I'd be where I'm at like it's just that he elevated that work to look like the best at
0: that time you yeah. know I mean it changed the perception of you as an artist definitely yeah like there's no way there's no way around it yeah I
1: would not I, and, you know I'm not I'm not joking I think he's he's a big no, I, part of like my 100 growth too yeah. and like just having I see stuff too like I learned a lot from him. And my own drawing, like just being like, "Oh man, I never imagined muscles there, but I guess I see it now that Frank put it in." You know, so um, yeah, I love him, man. He's awesome. He's out of São Paulo, Brazil. Uh, one day we'll shout meet out. in Lula, person. I've Lula never Lula met either. him in person, so love him.
0: Um, so yeah, that was. Uh, I sorry, I didn't mean to just you know detract from the thing. I just didn't want to you know not bring up. No, I want you know a, what while we're giving shout outs
1: hickman dude like another guy that was no
0: that's not (laughs) show yeah i love jonathan
1: because he just let me do whatever i wanted he was not as a writer like i think some writers can tend to be too controlling and jonathan was like dude just do it do what you want to do like so i mean that was uh you know that lends itself
0: yeah, to, super to finding
1: yourself as an artist, and uh, like that's where I really learned to of who I am as an artist with East to West, and then also having that many issues to do like really grow. Right. You look at early East to West, Death does looks radically different than he does by the end of it. Like I kind of learn how to draw on during that book. So, um, but like having a writer that was open to like working with me that. And let me just play and do that stuff. So it was awesome. Um, yeah. And let's I mean, let's he... give a shout out to you, Ramon. Oh shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of me, you can follow me on Twitter, you know, at Ramon Vilos. You can follow you at Dragata, Dragata Art Dragata Art, I think. Or... Yeah, I'm not on Twitter as much. You're not on I'm Twitter. Somewhere in much, the DMs. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I love about you too, is you'll come in there saying something spicy. One every every like fortnight you'll come in there, say something crazy. Get the get the conversation going and then you'll peace out. <laughs> yeah.
1: But you 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 uh you're a master at Twitter. You have you're like the best at it. You know how to stir the pot, you know how to get people riled up, you're always linking the good <laughs> shit. And not as much anymore. I'm thinking more I, of I, like you your know, Woodstock wanna... threads and um...
0: I try not to you know, make drama anymore, bro. I get too many comic writers upset with me. I just try to keep it casual, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm just like talking about things I'm passionate about. My movies <laughs> my music i'm really into the band right now nice but yeah yeah so and uh on instagram you're uh art or nick Dreg- i don't know you'll find it something can... like that you hey, find nick Dragata. he's out yeah here. i'm, out there. And, I'm uh, out there get his books that's where he really is that's where he you really want to know nick just get those books. yeah so uh get ghost, cage. Yeah, ghost
1: cage east to west
0: ghost cage masterpiece yeah,
1: thank you man appreciate it and uh let let's end it with your book that comes out next week
0: they're they're all terrible coming out next week um and yes yeah, so, uh, thank you everybody who's listened i'm really glad to be talking to you again uh like i said pretty soon we have some cool stuff coming up we want to do uh finish our image series i just talked to chris burnham he wants to do the savage dragon really bad and um we we want to finish that and we want to start our vietnam series wh- where we took it, take a look at vietnam through the lens of different comics throughout time so that'll be awesome. And we have a very special Christmas special coming up that I really want to do. So we have I'm I'm not bullshitting. I'm taking a limited approach, but we're going to be putting out this show again. Um, we have some cool guests lined up. So thank you again, Nick, for being the first one. I really appreciate it. And uh, take it away whatever music i'm gonna put right here <laughs> actually 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 take it away the hottest band out of the whole tri-state area i think that's what they call that little area of like new york and new jersey the hottest band from there no jersey friends of the show check out their music on you know spotify i use napster because i you know hate transphobes but you know wherever music itunes you know i music i get it on Bandcamp too check out their music they're great Take it away. No Jersey.